Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, it's 2021. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Homo Sapiens. How are you? God, I sound chipper today, don't I? Well, that's because it's a new year. Am I jaded yet? Not a chance. How the hell was your new year, everybody? Mine was great, uneventful, but that's COVID for you. Now, what is Homo Sapiens Extra? Let me tell you. Take a seat. I'll explain. Homo Sapiens Extra, I like to think of it as the huddle. It's the the huddle before the match. We talk to the listeners. We talk to you guys. You guys write in. It's where you guys can share your problems. We can talk to each other. I get to talk to you, hear your thoughts. It's a place for discussion where the LGBTQ plus community can talk about the shit that matters to them in a lovely, safe, warm space. So we do emails. We do a bit of LGBTQ plus news. We do topic of the week. This week we're talking about gay divorce. We do agony uncling. We do culture club where we talk about what you guys are reading and watching and listening to. And this week I'm also going to be doing phone a friend where I'm going to be calling a writer called Carl Dunn who has written a book called My Gay Divorce. Why my marriage didn't make me whole. My divorce did. It's a brilliant book and when i knew we were doing gay divorce i was like oh my god we've got to talk to carl so now you know what homo sapiens extra is i have to give you some instructions as to how you might contribute we love hearing from you so write to us hello at homo sapiens podcast.com send us your comments send us your questions send us your agony uncles facebook at homo sapiens podcast also at homo sapiens on instagram please god follow us there That's where you see things like me posting recipes of biscuits I'm making, but also hard-hitting LGBTQ plus activism. It's a broad church. Let's go look at some emails, because you've all been writing in, as we love, Samuel has been in touch. Hello! I've been meaning to reach out again for a while, because Samuel wrote to us a while back. Uh, For the long-time listeners among us, you will remember. I've been meaning to reach out again for a while, but I've been a little anxious. Sorry to hear that, Samuel. I just wanted to say thank you for your kind words and welcoming me to the Homo Sapiens family. Ah, Samuel, welcome. Please make yourself at home. Homo Sapiens is a family. It's where we can all sit and chat to each other, have a wonderful time in a lovely, warm... I believe I've referred to it before as a bubble bath. Um, And I think that's a pretty accurate description. Back to Samuel's email. I thought I would let you know some good news. Today is my three-year anniversary on testosterone and I just got my top surgery date yesterday. Oh, Samuel, that is absolutely brilliant news and I'm so pleased you've written in. I've been waitlisted 
for almost four years now, but I'm lucky enough to have been blessed with a small chest, so it hasn't been too bad. I'm a little frightened about surgery right now. I'm not surprised, Samuel, especially with COVID going on. But other than that, I'm trying to keep my head up and enjoy the process. Much love. Uh, Samuel, that is such beautiful news to kick off the year. I cannot tell you. And what a brilliant start to 2021 for you, Samuel, when you've been waiting all this time to start on having your surgery. So uh, that's cheered me up no end. And oh my God, now, hello, puppy pictures I've got here. Hi, Chris, regular listener John here. Hello, John. Welcome to Homo Sapiens Family. Thank you for writing in. In the middle of redrafting my doctoral thesis on the experience of LGBTQ plus students in higher education. Hmm. Please keep us posted on that, John. I would like to know more about it. One of your recent Agony Uncle questions was about the loss of their pet dog. It was, I remember it well. I recently lost my dog Toto after 16 years together. I was devastated and despite knowing her death was coming due to cancer, I was surprisingly unprepared for the enormous grief I felt. I lost my mother just over five months ago also. I'm really sorry to hear that, John. My partner and I recently got a new pup, Molly, and she is keeping us very busy while trying to teach online the joys of doggy parenthood. Ah, during my research with LGBTQ plus students, nine out of 14 photographed their pets, mostly cats and dogs, and mentioned the non-judgmental support they receive from them. That is so lovely. And then we've got three pics here of John's puppy, um, Molly. One on a chair, one on a walk, one with a ball. I'll post them on social media so you can see them. They are so cute. And one thing I love about when you get a first puppy <laughs> is you learn, because I'd, I'd never had a dog before, you learn about this thing called the witching hour, which is about six o'clock. Puppies go absolutely bananas for some reason. And they start jumping up and down, leaping around the place. And actually, weirdly, my dog has started doing it again lately um and sometimes it's when something's changed in the house very interesting so we love hearing from you listeners so please write in whether that be puppy pictures love a puppy picture or whether it be your problems your woes come to homo sapiens we shall solve them this is your safe space so get in touch hello at homo sapiens podcast.com on instagram at homo sapiens on facebook at homo sapiens podcast keep them coming is all i'm gonna say should we have some New Year's LGBTQ plus news now? LGBT nightclub hotspots are open again in Sydney. This is from The Guardian. Sydney and Melbourne nightclubs are finally open with a few COVID safe caveats. For LGBTQI people, an essential space has returned. It's so true. So many people who have written in have said how it's been real, a real struggle of lockdown. It's not being able to like hang out with your people. After eight months, Sydney and Melbourne finally got the green light to return to nightclubs. There was one sticking point, no more than 50 people on the dance floor at once. Well, they better not play any Gaga then, um, with enough space for one person per four square metres. I mean, have these people ever been to a gay club? So Sydney's most popular queer party starters, Heaps Gay, wasted no time celebrating a Monday night dance floor return on the rooftop of the Cooper's Hotel in Newtown. Literally, like, I'm tingling as I read this. I suddenly... Desperate to go to a party the party kicked off at 5 p.m in the day restrictions eased and unsurprisingly the dance floor filled up almost immediately hello 
As restrictions ease further and venues figure out fairer systems for filling their dance floor quotas, things should get a bit easier. But Sydney-siders and especially the LGBTQI communities heaps gay attracts are pretty good at partying against the odds. <clears throat> Just go to Instagram Live any given night and you will see many a good queer party happening. For decades, dance floors have been an essential gathering place for the LGBTQI people. Queer venues and events are key places where our culture is expressed and communities are formed. Social media has created other spaces, but it can't replace these physical gatherings. Couldn't agree more. What a good bit of news to kick off 2021. We shall all, I hope, at some point be able to dance again together and not even four feet apart or whatever that square is. That's sort of like line dancing. I wonder if there was line dancing because that's when you sort of keep in a square, don't you? You go four square metres around you. I'm not a line dancer myself, but perhaps anyone listening is could help me out there. Another bit of good news for 2021. The world is progressing. It's heading in the right direction. This is from Pink News. Nickelodeon wants its next child star to be trans or non-binary. And it's roped in a trans kids TV legend, Michael D. Cohen, to help its major search. Cohen, the star of Nickelodeon's show Henry Danger and its spin-off Danger Force, came out as trans in May 2019, publicly disclosing what those around him had long known, which was that he had transitioned 20 years earlier. Now the youth network has partnered with the star to find the next big actor. This is so great. An actor who Nickelodeon would like to be trans. Cohen told The Advocate that he was inspired to launch the challenge after getting messages from trans youth who wanted to act but were afraid their transness would get in the way. Cohen continued, If communities who have been historically beaten down and disregarded are going to claim their equal place in our society, it needs to happen at least in part by people in positions of power opening up the gates and offering up a place to nurture. Couldn't agree more. Honestly, it is that simple. My hope is that the initiative will increase the possibilities for these actors by expanding roles for them and also reinforcing their own beliefs in themselves. That is lovely to see. Nickelodeon, let us not forget, Nickelodeon is a behemoth. I never know how to say that word, behemoth, um, in America and in the UK. But it's these massive companies that you need to be adapting. Can you hear the dog barking? He's back from his walk. Um you need them to be adapting and leading the way and then people follow suit because often that's what you need to instigate change. So I'm thrilled to read this. Should we have a look at topic of the week? Taboo topic, I think. I wanted to ask you guys, is LGBTQ plus divorce? We asked you, is there more shame attached to LGBTQ plus divorce than any other kind of divorce, i.e. straight cis divorce? Interesting result on the poll. 54% of you said no. 46% of you said yes. Let's hear from the majority first. Lucio has written in. Has written in? No, we haven't. They've done a, um, a voice note. So let's have a listen. I think um, I have a lot of straight friends and homosexual friends. And of all of those that can get married and that do get married, I think there's an equal amount of shame or non-shame that comes with being married and then getting divorced. I think straight people almost have more shame 
from getting divorced because they are not living up to heteronormative values. Whereas I think what balances it out is that gay people don't have the same pressure. I think there's obviously an argument against that. But at the same time, I think that the gay friends that I have and the gay people I know, and I'm, of course, a gay man myself, um, don't have that pressure. And therefore, it's we feel so equal right now with equal marriage that we can get divorced if we feel we want to without that stigma fascinating so being without the shackles of tradition and heteronormativity it sort of feels like uh what lucio is saying is that you know you don't have to people don't judge as much which is quite interesting actually it sort of provides some freedom as to whether you have to match up and brings to mind the idea that we are able to create our own new rules by sort of arriving in marriage later and perhaps you know the the idea of marriage being an institution that goes on forever perhaps maybe that is something that will develop and evolve as a result of what we're talking about i mean i know the vows say death do us part but what i'm thinking of is just because something doesn't last forever doesn't mean it wasn't valid um i think that's really true and you can be married to someone and you can have a wonderful time but if it's not working for you after a certain amount of time for you both and you both mutually happily or just mutually let's say agree to stop doing it there's nothing wrong with that i think is kind of what's you know coming up when Lucia is saying that is that and actually the amount of unhappiness that has been created over the years of marriages staying together because they feel they have to because of societal pressures um feels like it's almost being loosened up and thought about it from that point of view it's very interesting andrew let's have a look at oh let's have a look at andrew on instagram can you hear that dog's just come in because he's had a bath he's now eating a treat andrew on instagram hi there Andrew says, for me, it seems that everything LGBT plus people do, they have to be held to a much higher standard than straight people. Mm -hmm. LGBTQ plus divorce is the same. For straight people, I think divorce is often seen as a normal path to take. But for us, it's seen as a failure and adds fuel to the fire for those who say that LGBT plus marriage or civil partnerships aren't as real or as valid as straight ones. Hope that helps. Have a lovely evening. Thank you. Can can everyone hear the dog making all this noise in the background? My apologies. He's Yeah, the dog has chosen to dry himself from his bath, but 14 centimetres away from me. But um, we're making a right old meal out of it, aren't we, Ridley? There we go, and a third. I think there's always going to be dissenters who say that LGBTQ plus people shouldn't get married. And I think that is always to be observed and also to be remembered that we are not in a, you know, here in the UK where I am, uh, you are able to get married, but plenty of places you can't, and plenty of places where being LGBTQ plus is illegal. But yeah, it's interesting what you say about being held to a much higher standard. Something people say a lot, and I think it kind of comes from that idea that you, it's almost like that thing where you're like, if you ask to do something, if you ask permission to do something, people kind of say, well, you better not mess it up, when actually we are just as fallible as the rest of the planet and that sometimes means it ends in divorce but thank you for that opinion thank you andrew that was a lovely message ivan has been good enough to get in touch on instagram and has said i wonder how much discourse has evolved in the way breakups separations and divorces are discussed both privately within the famous four walls and publicly 
The end of a relationship is often seen as a failure due to the inability of the couple in question to work things out. I am not sure whether this is down to my Catholic, pause, sigh, continue, <laughs> uh, upbringing or whether this is a more shared view and or whether this sense of failure and shame is even more amplified in the LGBTQI relationships and marriages. I do feel that alongside a personal sense of failing, there is also an unspoken LGBTQI specific requirement. We, LGBTQI community, who fought so hard to be given the same right to marriage, are now supposed to show that we are 100% committed to our legalised union, that we should not break it because it took so long to see it legally recognised. And this is why I'm also afraid to marry my partner of eight years. My internal voice is telling me that the failure of my marriage will be a moral slap to my community who fought so hard for this human right. Thank you for allowing me to voice my opinions and fears. Forever grateful for the work you are doing in this podcast. Ivan, it is our complete and utter pleasure. And may I say, if you want to marry your partner of eight years, you bloody go for it because do whatever pleases you. You know, you don't have to feel that you have to hold yourself to a higher standard. You want to do it because you want to do it. You've thought it through. It might not work out. I think that is more than fair enough. It won't be a slap to the community. The community will support you because you're human. And we all, if let's say it doesn't work out, there's my husband making more noise in the background. Can you imagine if I did this in, in, in his office, listeners? Clanging around. It's not actually my dog. Um, and yeah, the community would r rally around you and support you because you're human. And if it didn't work out, that's nobody's fault. Some things come to an end in unexpected ways and you deserve to be supported. And you say the end of a relationship is often seen as a failure. Well, interestingly, I was talking to, or was I listening to, a relationship therapist saying... Uh, it was a marriage counsellor. And they said, the one thing they cannot solve or cure is contempt. And uh, if there's contempt for each other in a relationship, it can't be solved. But most other things can. And I think that um, the truth is, lots of things come to an end for, for a bazillion reasons. We can't foresee any of these things. And I would say, Ivan, if you want to get married, then I think you should go for it. Now, somebody who has been through divorce, a gay man called Carl Dunn, and they've gone and written a book about it. I wanted him to come on. I wanted you guys to hear him speak because he talks really interestingly about divorce and has sort of used it as, uh, well, his tagline is, my marriage didn't make me whole, my divorce did. And uh, he's sort of this one-man campaign about how marriage and divorce and things for queer people are not spoken about enough. And very very interesting guy uh so when i knew we were doing this episode i was like oh let's get carl dunn on the phone so i'm gonna give him a call now and let's hear it from the horse's mouth hello carl g'day hey listen i think what you're doing is really interesting thanks mate I suppose I want to start by asking you the question that we've been asking on the podcast. Do you think that there is more shame attached to gay divorce than there is to heterosexual divorce is the question? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, no question. Yeah, we have to deal with things that heterosexuals don't. <laughs> and what, what are they? The biggest one, 
and it really took me a while to get over this is that I'd feel I felt like I'd spectacularly let down the cause. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we fought so hard for the right to marry. And, you know, I got married and within two years I was getting divorced and I just felt like I'd like I'd wrecked it for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really it was rough. It hadn't really kind of entered my 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 thinking until until I was until I started getting divorced because it was an opinion that was voiced to me a few times by never married gay men mm-hmm. um that I had really kind of let let the team down um I think you know when we got the right to marry a lot of us and I include myself in this like raced in without really asking enough questions about well okay we got this what is this actually? Yeah. Like, let's have a look at it, you know, and um, instead just kind of, you know, I, I raced into it and I did not ask enough questions on the way in for sure. I was asking, <laughs> I, 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 on the way out, I was asking, I, I kind of realized a lot of things I should have asked uh, before I tied the knot. Yeah. You said something interesting, which was my marriage didn't make me whole, my divorce did. Tell me more yes. about that. Well, um, I think like a lot of people, and I think this is universal, it's it's gay and straight and bi, it's everybody. You know, I was in, I mean, I'm going to be brutally honest, you know, I was, I've been in every single relationship that I've had, I've been in because I wanted that other person to make all the dark feelings go away, to, to you know, um, fill the holes that I felt in myself. It's either that or Amazon Prime, you're going <laughs> to, yeah. know, one or the other, yeah, you're going to exactly. make do the work which is a lot of pressure to put on another person. And I think, you know, all my partners did the same thing. And when I got divorced, um, I decided to use it as my crisis of identity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I had seen a lot of my my heterosexual male friends go from being overgrown boys into, oh, my goodness, i got to figure out what kind of a man I am because I've got to be a role model in nine months. And I watched my friends really change, like rapidly change. Mm-hmm. So I decided to, you know, use my divorce as my crisis of identity that I'd seen my friends go through. And I decided I did not care how much it hurt. I did not care how hard it was and how long it was going to take. I was determined to go through the process and process and come out the other side like the man I always wanted to be or, or on my way to it anyway. Mm. I just didn't want to, I, I mean, I basically dated the same guy five times in a row and I married the last one and I just didn't want to do this to myself again. So what I found was what I was hoping was going to happen with my, my, my ex-husband and my marriage. Actually, I did it on my own mm-hmm. um, by just sitting with all the hurt and pain and drilling down and every time you think you've you feel like okay this is it it can't get worse than this Mm -hmm. it did um but eventually it got well to quote dan savage it 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 gets better it it did get better and Mm. um i wouldn't swap where i am now i would not trade for anything i am so glad everything happened exactly the way that it did Mm. or it wouldn't be where i am now well listen well done you, firstly. Um, <laughs> oh, I wanted to bail. Don't worry. There were several times where I was like, hmm, maybe this is a really dumb idea. Maybe I should just go back to hell. But, you know, yeah. Thank well, you, though. Thank you. Listen, it, I like, we are, I suppose what you're talking about is one of the top hot topics on Homo sapiens is shame and mm. uh, 
What are the internal effects of being LGBTQ plus and how does that affect you in your day-to-day life? And mm. sometimes it can create a sort of an inner sort of well of um, despair or something. Um, yes. I mean, that's slight generalization, but there you go. And therefore we can be quite drawn to lily pads of things that make mm. it all go away for a minute. And lily pads mm. can be alcohol, they can be buying things, they can be drugs, they can be sex, mm. mm-hmm. and they can be things like marriage because marriage is fairy tale stuff, right? You know, and that makes it all okay, doesn't it? You know, and I, and I think that what we all learn as we get older is that there are no shortcuts to doing the work of mm. whatever it is that within you doesn't feel right. Like someone said to me, I was talking to a therapist, so I was like, why did, why, what, what is the sort of universal thing of why people have therapy? And she was like, something in you doesn't feel right, but you don't know what it is. Mm. Um, and I was like, mm, interesting sort of why I ended up here and um you know uh, an obsession with buying things from Aesop but uh it's sort of like um uh you have the same addiction I do <laughs> honestly here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I mean, geranium body balm. It's so overpriced, but there's something about it. Um, Hi, my name is Carl and I'm an Aesop junkie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think it sounds like, you you know, that's what kind of your divorce was about is learning that yes. you couldn't run from your run from your stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. We've all, mm. you know, we've all had to... Um, work that stuff out muddle through that shit along the way you know while trying to hold down a job and keep friends and stay in (laughs) touch with our mothers if we're lucky enough to have one um and what were your specifics uh i'd love to know the specifics of like a lgbtq plus divorce well i mean and i can only speak of the experience of being uh, gay and married in america Mm. um but here was the big surprise for me is the day I walked into the office after I'd popped the question and, and I, you know, had a ring on my finger, um, all the straight blokes, all the straight married guys in the office, like the news went round in 10 minutes, everyone was in my office and it was bear hugs and back slaps all round. Mm-hmm. And this guy said to me, now that you're engaged and you're going to get married, you just made my marriage bigger. Wow. And it was, I mean, I was not prepared for the reception that, 
you get from straight guys when you say you're married. I mean, it was because here's the thing is like, we'll never really completely understand each other's lives, like straight guys and gay guys. Like we we kind of think we know, but we don't really know. You know, we haven't walked mm. in each other's shoes. But marriage is it was an absolute what it meant to me was exactly the same thing it meant to them. And they know what it is to, you know, buy the ring, organize the day, get down on one knee. They've all done it. And so we had this thing in common now. And I hate to say this. Mm. I really, really hate to say this. But the truth is, and this really took me by surprise, that was the first day in my life that I ever felt like I was as good as them. Mm. Interesting. I I was in this club. I loved being married. I mean, when I had that ring on, I, it was it was like I had a superpower. I mean, in our society, we reward. It's like the pinnacle achievement in our society to be married. I mean, the government even financially rewards it. You know, you get tax breaks if you're married. It's, it's mm. crazy how much we revere this. Mm. Um, so when I got divorced and when I finally, you know, after a certain amount of time pulled the ring off, it wasn't just that I was now a single guy. I was back to being a single gay guy Mm. and all those feelings again of just, I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as they are all came flooding back, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm. and it took a while. I mean, I don't feel that way anymore. Um, but it was a lot of, it was, it was a crazy realization to, to, to realize it was like this magic ring that I'd been wearing for a couple of years that was doing a lot of work for me that I wasn't doing for myself. You know, fascinating. And I've really um, identified with that thing of mm. when I told people I was getting married, people were resoundingly positive, which obviously, mm. you know, we all, I, I, we all understand. But actually, mm-hmm. I think what it brought up for me was a little bit of what you're talking about there, which is that I think sometimes your inter- interaction as a gay person or anyone who on the queer spectrum, your interaction with like, straight people and there's no malice here on their behalf but there is sometimes just this kind of base level bemusement or base level not quite sure what to say to you because i might get it wrong thing Mm. and that's as a white gay man you know what i mean like that's the easiest section of the of the spectrum but i think when you say you're getting married it's like oh i know that one you know what i mean like i know that like people who they're like suddenly they feel like they're on ground they know with you um, yes, and actually, exactly. I hadn't realised that I hadn't been on that ground with people before until that happened, and I can—I'd t- never thought about it till you just said it. Um, mm. Fascinating. So, what what would you, Carl Dunn, now say to the Carl Dunn who had just gotten engaged? If you were able to speak to them now, good question. <laughs> <laughs> Run! No, I wouldn't say that. Um, I guess I would have told myself to ask more questions mm-hmm. about what I was doing and ask more questions of myself, ask more questions of my ex-husband mm. about what is this that we're doing? What does this actually mean to you? Um, there were conversations we just never had. I mean, I'll say this from my side. I treated getting married like, are we moving in together or not? Mm-hmm. It had that kind of, I mean, it felt more important than that, but mm. I'd asked about as many questions as when I've moved in with guys, whereas I really wish I'd asked more questions of myself. But the thing is, there were there were things I learned about relationships that I, I, I won't say I 
I only learned because I was married, but they were how I learned them. Mm-hmm. And things that I I don't know how else I would have learned them, and I will take those on into my next relationships, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, even working relationships or friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if I, it's really interesting because I, 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 there's part of me that, you know, we always love to go back and revisit moments in our life and go, oh, if only I could just go back and, and, and tell myself something then. But it also presumes that, like if I told myself, don't do it, run. I mean, it also presumes that whatever other life I was going to live would somehow have been better. I mean, regret's weird like that. It, it, it presumes if you'd gone down the other path, your life would be much better. And to be honest, I don't think it would have been. I would have just been doing the same mistakes that I've made with every other guy I've been with, just with someone else, because I didn't go through what I went through. So I probably actually, you know what, I probably would have gone back to, to Megan and just slapped me on the back and gone, I'll see you in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll buy you a drink. Hold you know? tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride. That yeah. makes sense. Now, mm-hmm. Carl, one final thing I ask of you. Mm. I wondered if you would help me with an agony uncle question that our listeners write in. And I thought oh. you, you might provide a little bit of extra angle and wisdom on this question we have to answer together. I would be honoured. Thank oh. you. So this is from a uh, woman and it says, I saw my mate's girlfriend kissing someone else. What to do Mm. it's an interesting predicament nobody knows what the is going on in a relationship except the two people who are in it yes so don't know what the agreements are that they have or Mm. how that might function yeah but let's presume she's not supposed to be doing that um which is the inference i get from that i kind of take a, a, a a you know generally a policy not to interfere in people's relationships that these things must run because mm. mine had to run its course but you know if it's a good friend i think you also have to be a great friend you know and you have to because the thing is if it comes out later that this person is playing around and then you say to this person who's a very good friend of yours actually you know what i knew that because like a year and a half ago i saw a kissing was it's like uh yeah if friendship means anything, you have to do the really hard stuff and you have to say things to your friends that may cost the friendship, mm. you know, but mm. it's other, it's otherwise it's that or live with a secret because if it does come out and it always comes out at some point, that friend will realize, you know what? They told me the truth. Mm. Even when I didn't want to hear it and I didn't want to believe it, they told me the truth and that's real friendship. God, it's tricky, isn't it? It is. Part of me sort of wants this person to talk to the mate's girlfriend and say, hey, you've put me in a funny position. Obviously, they didn't deliberately. Maybe you guys should have a conversation about it because I don't feel comfortable knowing about this and I'm not going to keep it a secret from my friend. But as I say that, I feel like it's very meddling. You know what I mean? Like it's very, there isn't a way to do that that feels clean and not getting involved. I th- I think it's, you know what, I think, between the two of us, it's good advice. I think you're definitely step one. You're mm-hmm. step one. Mm-hmm. And then if that doesn't work, um, then I would be, my, my advice I think would be step two. Um, you know, having been through what I've been through, I'll take truth over everything. Mm. You know, I would rather just know the truth, even if I don't like it. I would just rather know. 
But I think what you said actually is is the better way to do is approach the girlfriend first. At least, you know, give her an opportunity. Because also, like I said before, we don't know the rules and we'll be making a presumption. You know, well, exactly. but I know what you mean about the meddling part. It feels, it always feels a bit icky to be poking your nose in other people's business. Yeah, it's tricky. Please, we want to know what happens next. So please, please write in and let us know. Yes, um, trust your instinct. Ooh, trust your yeah. instinct that's, about what to do. That's mm. always a goodie, Carl. Mm. You have been a delight. Thank you so much for. Oh, thank um, you, mate. Thank you. It's been a. It's been lovely being on your on on the podcast. I I am so chuffed that you guys got in touch and wanted to chat. So uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. Ah, uh, and vice versa. Loads of love and take care. And this is not going to be the last time we talk. I just know it. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks, cheers, Carl. Sir. Take care. All right. Cheers, mate. Bye, Bye. now. Bye. Do you know what's lovely about Carl? Is he has been on a right old journey with that process of divorcing and a lot of introspection has happened as a result and I think what I love is when people choose to be really radically honest about something that has happened to them and to share it with everybody which by the way can be really embarrassing and scary because you don't think you might think no one's going to care actually it is always such a brilliant way to connect and he's just um I think that book is going to help a lot of people. So go check it out. And thank you, Carl, for coming on the show. It's our first show of 2021. What else have we got coming up for you listeners? We've got such a good beginning to the year. Next time on Homo Sapiens, we've got Jamila Jamil on the show. I mean, I first heard about Jamila when she was a T4 presenter. If you guys remember T4, she and she was very funny and um, she was really kind. And actually, I can't remember if I spoke to her about this or not, but she came to I was when I used to direct music videos, I was directing one for Sophie Ellis Baxter and she Jamila Jamil came to the set because they were doing a T4 special on Sophie's video. And if you remember T4, like they were quite mean to people um, who went on it. That was sort of their shtick. This is quite some time ago. Um, and when I saw the T4 crew turn up, I was like, oh God, they're going to be horrible to us and they're going to take the piss out of us. I had such trepidation, but I knew Jamila was new, so hadn't ever really seen much of her before. Anyway, Turns out she was an absolute delight. She was so nice to Sophia Lisbexter. She was so nice to all of us, all of the crew. And it was really, really lovely to see because it made me realise that she was a proper good egg. And what she's gone and done is incredible. She's got, she moved um, from England to uh, the United States of America, has become an actor when everyone told her she couldn't. She started up this amazing Instagram account called iWay, which is all about kind of bucking all the trends of like feeling body shame and I mean it's got millions of followers she's become this person who just speaks out for rights for everybody and talks about her own experiences of being a South Asian woman and I love her and she has done it all off her own back and she um, is a massive supporter of the LGBTQ plus community of which she is part um, and there was a whole furore about her saying that she was queer and we talk a bit about that as well, which I think is which which was really interesting. She is a force for good. So that's next week. Then we've only got we've got so many other brilliant people. We've got Adam Kay, who wrote that book, This Is Going to Hurt. So he's coming on the show talking about the new book that he's written and 
quite interesting medicine and queerness because one of the things that comes up on the show a lot is about you know going to see the doctor for lgbtq plus people can be really hard particularly let's say you're trans you know you so many issues that your doctor might not know about and a lot of people are really shy about doing it so we spoke a bit about that sort of intersection of medicine and queerness and many other things he is hysterical as well follow him on twitter he's so funny then we've got mj rodriguez from pose what a lovely chat with mj we've got liz carr who is a comedian gay woman who talks about a lot about sort of queerness and disability uh and the intersection of that and she talks about assisted dying she did a show called assisted dying the musical which i went to see ages ago which is very very funny and a very specific tone if she was on who do you think you are actually recently so have a look at that episode if you want to she's got such a certain wit about her you're going to love that then we've got beth ditto from the gossip who is the warmest funniest loveliest person i've ever met in my entire life we've only got cindy lauper coming up as well absolute juggernaut of a human and then we've got tom allen who comedian who's written a hysterical book called no shame which is all about the no shame about being queer really and i love talking to him i love i love listening to him and it's a very funny episode and then we've got travis alabanza travis is a writer activist they are so young and travis has been around for a long time doing incredible stuff to do with everything from trans rights to queer rights to you know any kind of gender non-conforming visibility fascinating funny brilliant person but they're so young and they've been doing it for so long and doing such trailblazing stuff you kind of forget um so that is a wonderful wonderful chat it is such an incredible start to the year with all those brilliant chats coming up for you and we want to keep hearing from you listeners you've got to tell us what you think you've also please tell us what you'd like to talk us to talk about on topic of the week think of us on as woman's hour for queer people what do you want to hear us talk about what do you wish was being spoken about what areas not having a light shone on them for queer people that should this sort of makes me the gay martin lewis i'm quite into that as a concept so get in touch hello at homosapienspodcast.com on email at homosapiens on instagram at homosapienspodcast on facebook and if you want to win a t-shirt go and leave us a review on the podcast app if you want to buy a t-shirt go to everpress.com forward slash homosapiens you can get a t-shirt there or you can get a sweater either one or the other send us your photos of you wearing them we love to see it stay in touch keep them coming and thank you so much for listening listeners uh, we will see you next week with jamila jamil no less hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Powered by Spirit Studios.